Welcome back to In The Margins. This is Josh Lund and Matt Fisk, and we're excited to jump back into the scriptures today. Um, In The Margins is a podcast where we talk about some of the things that maybe on a Sunday morning we're not able to really get into, maybe for time, maybe for the uh, particular message we're trying to get across, but still things that we want to uh, bring out of the text and bring to you guys. So uh, today we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 1, going from verses 9 to 13. Uh, Matt's not a very large section of scripture. It is not, but it is packed with stuff. Uh, I'm talking about it on Sunday, but the, the amount of stuff in these just few few verses, four verses, I think is it's, it's like they're um, it's like, it's a rebooting of a movie series. You know, when they like Mm. remake a a series like, like star Trek or star Wars, or every time there's a James Bond, you know, reboot it's, they're telling a similar story, but it's different and it's updated. And there's always like Easter eggs all over the place that, that you, you catch them if you're looking for it. It's like that. It's yeah. a it's a re a rebooting of this incredible story. So let's let's just dive into this. Um, now, the last week, Josh, you did a great job talking about uh, it's surprising how like Roman and how Greek, how how much like Caesar was all over the place mm. in Mark one. And what I'm going to do here, nine through thirteen, there is so much Jewishness in this. Like this is, okay. I'm going to show you how Jewish this book is. So it, and it's written to an audience that would have been both Roman and had some Jewish stuff going on too. Right. So it, it's really for both sets of people. So let's dive in. Um, in verse nine, it says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Okay. So if you back up just a second, it, John has just said, and and he he said, after me in verse seven, after me, he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is one of the few things, Josh, that is in all four gospels. There's not a ton that's in all four gospels, but this, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit coming from John. That's, that's, that's massive. But here he talks about Jesus, or he, we don't even know it's Jesus. He just talks about there's somebody coming who's mightier than I. Mm. And in, in Greek, the word is iskurataros. And it, it's this this picture of a hero, a mighty one. It is your James Bond. It is your Iron Man. It is your, you know, whoever, pick your hero. We don't know who that is yet, and we don't know what he's going to be like. We just know that he is mighty, and he's going to bring the Holy Spirit. And so right after that is, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. There is so much in this. And one of the first things is that he comes from Nazareth, which is nowhere. It is Bumpkinville. Okay. It's not mentioned even once in the rest of the Bible. Nowhere. Nowhere. In the Old Testament, in the Tanakh, not once. Never gets mentioned anywhere. So it is... Jesus is from nowhere, which is the last place that you'd expect the mighty one to come from. And going back to what you were talking about last week, 
okay, so there's a new kingdom that's coming in. There's a new son of God. There's a new conqueror. Well, where does he come from? I'm sure he comes from, you know, for us, I'm sure he comes from Harvard or, you know, Yale. And I'm sure he's, he's super educated or I'm, I, I, he's, he's uh, been trained in the military and he's got all these connections. I'm sure that's where he's from. Nah, he's from out in the middle of nowhere. He is from like, you know, Withville, Virginia. He mm. is from, or, or, or by, by JMU, he's from Grottoes, Virginia. You never even heard of it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a fly speck at the town. And now, and the reason why this would have been slightly interesting is if you get into the Hebrew of the word Nazareth, it's okay. So in, uh, it, there's a lot of things Nazareth could mean where they get the name of the town, but the most likely that this, this becomes really important is the Hebrew word Netzer, which means to, uh, it, it means branch. And the reason that's important is because, well, if you go back in Isaiah 11, verse one, it says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. So oh. even right here in the name of the town, Jesus comes from Natsareth. So it's a branch. It's a shoot from Jesse. And who comes from Jesse? Who's the branch from Jesse? Right, it would be David. David, right? Yeah. And, and so, who, what are the what are the who, what are the Jewish people waiting for at this time uh, when Jesus comes in the scene? What are they waiting for? They're waiting for somebody to take the throne back. Right. Yeah. They're waiting for new David. They're waiting for the kingdom of God to come in, and David is their high point. There is nothing higher or greater, really, than David, the king, you know, of Israel at the time. Right. So. So you have all this, but you, so you have uh, the 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 mighty one. You have possibly the the fulfillment of the of the king, uh, the kingdom, the new David, and he comes in. And John has said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And what does Jesus do? He comes and gets baptized. Oh, this is nuts. Right. <laughs> this is crazy. This is the exact opposite thing that you'd expect. Like th- this, the mighty one coming and getting baptized. Mm. What is that about? And, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? He says, I'm, I can't even untie his sandals. Let, I mean, and, and this is obviously a bigger deal than taking off someone's shoes. Right. right? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And, and, and so then it's, it's like, okay, I'm putting myself underneath your authority. You are somehow, and I mean, you think about how he got baptized, even if whatever you want to talk about, Jesus having sin, not having sin, what's happening here because right. it's a baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Mm. And so we don't really even know what that's about, but Jesus is still doing it, right. which is incredible, but that's just the beginning. Right. So it's telling you all about, there's something weird or different about mm. this ruler, about this mighty one. He's mighty, but he's doing things differently. And that's what we talked about a little bit on Sunday, right? Is that a big theme of Mark is the human thinking versus the divine thinking. And uh, I feel like already we've um, seen a few times where it's, hey, wait, this doesn't make sense. This yeah. doesn't make sense to the way I'm used to thinking, right? Huge. This this isn't a king. This is a guy under somebody else. This mm-hmm. is, um, yeah, that's interesting. That's great. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so we're, we're going on. Again, that's just one verse. Um, a couple of other side things. Jesus gets introduced just like Elijah does back in First Kings, where we don't hear anything about Elijah. And then it's, all it says is, and Elijah, the Tishbite, came and did these things. And we're like, that's all we get? We get no backstory. We mm. just get his name and we get where he's from. So there's there's other stuff going on, which is just, it's just interesting that that it's, you don't, 
you don't see it because we don't know our Old Testament super well. But any any Jewish person reading this would have had, of course, that's what's going on. Of course, that's that's what this is referencing. Now, is there real quick? Is there a reason that Mark doesn't do that? Because I know in Luke we get a genealogy, we get a little bit more even of his childhood. Um, you know what what is what is Mark trying to portray to his audience? So that's a great question, and scholars are all over the place with that. The, the, the background, but also Matthew really is the one that brings out the Jewishness of it because mm. you, you get credibility from having your genealogy out there. And that if, if Matthew, who's really preoccupied about establishing Jesus as the king mm. and the new kingdom of God, you couldn't be king unless you were in the line of David. Mm. So if you have that, you have credential you have street cred you have okay you are checking the box of things that we're looking for right so and but that makes sense right if mark's writing a bit more roman he doesn't mention david because the romans don't care about david right they, they care about a different mm-hmm. emperor so uh, yeah wow yeah so it's mentioned but it's not the main thrust yeah okay so here's the actual part that's massive verse 10 when he came out of the water immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and a spirit descend on him like a dove mm. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Okay, now we've got a ton of stuff going on. So you have the first part, which is the, uh, the, the, the clouds being torn open, the heavens being torn up. It's a direct reference to Isaiah 64, verse 1, which says, pull it up. It's, it's Isaiah talking to God. And he says, oh, that you would rend or tear the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence as when the fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to the adversaries and that nations might tremble at your presence. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, Mark is saying, okay, the heavens are being torn open and it's the second direct quote reference to Isaiah in as many, like, you know, in just a handful of verses. Right. So he keeps bringing it back, keeps bringing it back. And it's not just Isaiah that he's referencing. I mean, the, the idea of the heavens being torn apart and the, the spirit coming down and resting, it's just, it's all over the place. Ezekiel 1, 1, uh, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 42, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 61, 1 Samuel 16, all of it is the the spirit descending, the clouds being torn up. I mean, it, it's it's all over the place. If you knew your Old Testament like a Jewish person would have, this is it's hitting everything. Mark is beating you over the head with the fact that this is this is the guy you've been waiting for. This is the 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 fulfillment of all these promises, and it's incredible. It's really really cool. Now, one thing, real quick, it it um it almost seems like it's only. Jesus who recognizes the dove or doesn't really say anything. I mean, would the people here have recognized that or? So, okay. This is, that's a great question in Mark. Mark is the one that if you look at the Matthew and Luke accounts, it, it seems pretty clear that, that other people are seeing this, mm. but Mark is recording it. It's only Jesus is, it, it seems like it, I guess it doesn't preclude that. Like it doesn't make it, they're not mutually exclusive, but it says, a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. It seems very pointed at Jesus for him to know you are my son. And, and <clears throat> maybe nobody else heard it. Mm. Maybe nobody, maybe it was just for Jesus, which would have been incredible. But we have the added benefit of, of 
having it recorded. So yeah. not sure what's really going on there. Do with that what you will. Um, but we yeah, know what happened. We, we, I mean, we do. Yeah. Oh, cheater. Uh, and again, another reference. You are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Two things going on here. Number one. So this, a direct reference to, to Psalm 2, um, which says, let me pull this up. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. So Psalm 2, it seems like there's pretty strong connection here. What we don't know or what we don't realize here is that this verse would have been read when kings were coronated in Israel. This is what was what was read. Wow. Yeah, that today you become my son. Today I've begotten you. So Jesus is once again ascending the Jewish throne. And the, the Romans wouldn't have gotten it. This is a this is a low-key subversion, but any Jewish person would know their tradition of this is what you read, this is what you say when when you become a king. Uh oh, so there there's more stuff going on here, which is crazy, pretty cool. And then the other thing is is um, the connection to Genesis 22. And this is what Abraham, this is what God talks to Abraham about Isaac, that you are my beloved son or take your one son, your only son, your beloved son and go and sacrifice him. Also foreshadowing what's going to happen right. with Jesus literally on the same mountain, Mount Moriah. Wow. Like I know I'm going really fast, but what I'm trying to convey is this, this is so full of Old Testament Jewish references. This is a Jewish document, Jewish writer writing to mostly Jewish people about a very Jewish story. Wow! So it's 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 so cool. I mean, it seems like it, you know Mark was it was just a masterpiece of a few verses which would have just exploded the Old Testament in yeah. your face. That's yeah. That's that's three verses right wow. there. Okay, so here's here's the other thing. I'm going to talk about something that's super nerdy which is, okay, you don't have to know this, but it's the Jewish pseudopigraphia. Oh, yeah, and everyone knows. Of course, yeah, yeah, you know, bedtime reading, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay, what that was, if you've heard of the Apocrypha, those were intertestamental or, or Jewish writings that were written between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's not inspired, it's not canon, it's not the Bible. But what it does do is it gives us a, a glimpse into what the first century Jewish mindset would have been like. So it's more of a cultural thing. You see what they were thinking. It would be like a, uh, like reading their devotion, like a great book, like a, like a great spiritual book, like the prideful soul's guide to humility or anything by CS Lewis or anything like that, a a helpful book like that. And it would give you a, a glimpse into what they were expecting. So not inspired necessarily, but, but a lot of truth to it. A lot of, yeah, absolutely. So with that, there is one in the pseudopigraphia called the Testament of Levi. Okay. And again, this is not scripture, but Mark is probably playing on this as well, because this would have been strong in the minds of a first century Jewish person. And here's what the Testament of Levi, verse 18, verses six through eight, would have, uh, what, what it does say. It says, the heavens will be opened. And from the temple of glory, sanctification come upon him with a fatherly voice as from Abraham to Isaac and the glory of the most high shall birth burst forth upon him 
and the spirit of understanding and sanctification shall rest upon him in the water, for he shall give the majesty of the Lord to those who are his sons in truth forever. Wait a minute. Yes. I, I think you just read Mark 1. Right. Again. Yeah, like it, it's 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 like exactly the same thing. The heavens open a fatherly voice is from Abraham to Isaac, which is my beloved son. The glory of the most high burst forth upon him. Spirit of understanding come and rest upon him in the water. I mean, like it, I, I feel like it's not, it's not a coincidence that it's exactly this. Yeah. That, and why is this important? All right. So if you listen to the, the Bema podcast and this is where I'm getting this part from the, the, a rabbi teaching technique of a remez, which is to reference something and to tell you to go back and look at the context. And normally that's the Old Testament, but we know that the rabbis used other teaching sources like the Mishnah and the Midrash. And this is probably also doing that. If you look right after this little section, so it's kind of like, all right, big neon sign, look here, look at this verse. It couldn't be clearer. But then if you think about after that, What's also said is we have a special guest today. It's we um, do Nora. She's a bit of a biblical scholar. She so. absolutely is. So if you look what happens after these verses that Mark are pointing, what it does is it gives you a laundry list of things that the first century Jewish person would have been expecting from the king. And it there's a lot of stuff in there. And it, it talks about him being a new priest. It talks about him being the good king. But what... What it also talks about, and this is the part that I, why, why does this matter? This, it talks about this new king in, in this Testament of Levi, that uh, Beliar shall be bound by him, which is another word for Belial or Satan, Beelzebub, the prince of demons, whatever you want to call him. And he shall be bound by him and he shall grant to his children the authority to trample on wicked spirits. Those two things come up directly in the book of Mark, Mark 3.22 and Mark 6.13. The reason I'm bringing this up is if Jesus is this mighty one, the one that, that John you know, can't, is not worthy to tie up his sandals, the one that's going to bring the Holy Spirit and baptize you with it, he's coming. His might is not to conquer people. It's not to establish a political kingdom. He's, his might will not be to oppress people it will be to bind up the spiritual powers and forces and Satan. He's going to do that. And he's going to give you, his children, the authority to trample on evil spirits as well. Wow. So there, what you see is there's a, the first century Jewish mindset would have been, there are spirits all around. There's supernatural stuff happening. And that the mighty one is going to come and he's going to bind all of them up. He's going to win those battles, which I don't think is what we as 21st century Americans think. We we don't right. think spirits. Well, yeah, I was I was going to say, I mean, my Jesus is the one I pray to for often my physical needs, mm -hmm. right? Hey, yeah. can you help me with this? And can you help me with, um, you know, maybe there's something hard I'm going through in life and hey, can you know, bring me peace, bring me joy or financially help me whatever it is that week or that month yeah but it's not man god that you know there's a spiritual battle mm -hmm. and i need you to um come come through and 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 you know set me free from the the spiritual yeah um 
you know, difficulties I'm going through. And I, I think as we go through the book of Mark to look for that, to look for the spiritual battle, I'm not going to give it all away, but there's a ton of spiritual battles that happen. And Jesus is saying, he'll even go on to say, you can't, you can't go in and plunder this strong man's house unless you bind up the strong man first. And Jesus is saying, I'm coming in to get the people back and I'm going to bind up Satan and I am more powerful than he could ever be. So there is there is might, but it's to set people free, which is not, the, that, that's not the norm. That's another example of a difference in this ruler is different. Mm. He's not the Roman, I'm going to take over. It's I'm coming in to set you free. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. That right there, everybody, that is three verses. That is just nine to 11. Wow. If you look at the verse, uh, verse 12 and 13, we'll talk more about I talk more about that on, on Sunday, so you hear more. Um, but immediately afterwards, and there's this Greek word uh, that Mark uses forty something times. Euthus uh, means immediately, and it's why we talk about it being the comic book of, mm. of Mark because this happens, and then this happens, and immediately, and immediately, and immediately. Uh, so as soon as Jesus is baptized, we have this whole big moment. He goes right into the wilderness. Now, if you he goes in the wilderness. Now, how long is he there, Josh? 40 days. 40 days. And what's happening? He's being tempted or tested by Satan. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who's he with? He's with the uh, wild animals, mm-hmm. and there's some uh, angels helping him out. Yeah. This uh, this gets developed in Matthew and Luke way more than it does here. And here it's just a, kind of a drive-by. But if if you take all these little pictures, all right? You take water, you take doves, you take heaven, you take voices, you take wilderness, you take 40, you take a dove. What what mental images or stories from the Old Testament start to pop up? I mean, the first thing I think of is Noah's Ark. Yeah, why? I think of, well, there's there's the water, obviously, the flood. Mm. There's the animals, which they bring onto the boat. And yeah. pretty cool. Jesus is with the water and nothing's happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, to have a boat full of bunch of wild animals yeah no and nothing happens it's pretty wild um 40 days and 40, 40 days. nights yeah um the dove obviously I don't, I don't know if i mentioned that but obviously sending out the dove to kind of recognize the new land yeah um and the dove coming down on jesus um i mean it's i mean there's a lot yeah okay so absolutely now i'm going to bring up a bunch of other stories because that's true again guys listen to how jewish this story is you have that but also you think about this is Adam's story as well, driven out with the wild animals, oh, all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. Going into the wilderness, uh, you are my son with whom I'm, you know, he, obviously Adam at the end of it wasn't well pleased, but there's that. You have, this is the story of Israel coming through the water. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't, they come through the water and then they go into the wilderness and just like Israel was tempted and tested in the wilderness for how long? Yeah, forty years. Forty years, and this is forty days. And I was—I love the idea, even uh, with the whole idea of the heavens being torn open, and then you've got Jesus soon after being led. I mean, right? That's exactly what happens with the the Israelites, right? Yeah. There, the the waters are torn open, and they're led through, mm-hmm. um, but you know, by God, and the heavens are torn open in Noah's Ark, and the water comes down. I mean, there's, I mean, so much. And here, here's the other one: is that do you remember the story of King Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah. Okay. So for him as well, so what happens is that the heavens are torn open and Nebuchadnezzar was not a good guy. He was taking credit and all of himself. But do you remember what happens to him? 
he gets driven out and driven. he becomes a wild animal. Exactly. He's with the wild animals. He becomes a wild animal driven into the wilderness. Mm. And when does he come back? Um, after seven times of finally. Yeah. Yeah. He comes back after acknowledging God is, you know, he, he's the one that brings the kingdom and gives it to whoever, whoever he wills. And there's even, there's so much more in this. I can't, I can't get into it all, but what's happening here is that like a, like, again, like a rebooted movie series, all mm. these Easter eggs are coming in and Mark is hitting you over the head with guys. This is the Jewish story. This is the Israel story that it's been going and it's in every little bit. And here's the thing. Jesus is taking all of those, all of those stories and every single one of them, Adam, uh, Moses, Israel, Nebuchadnezzar, however many other ones, Noah, all of them mm. had very flawed people that screwed it up within like minutes. Noah, Noah, the next chapter gets drunk and there's the whole thing with, uh, with, with Ham, his son mm. and, and, uh, you know, Adam, obviously there are issues there. Nebuchadnezzar, why did he get driven out anyway? Israel. Oh my gosh. So much stuff. Jesus is the one that's taking all those stories and he's succeeding. Mm. Wow. He's the one that is rewriting this thing, but from a, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to conquer, but in a spiritual way, I'm going to show you what it should have been. Wow. Not, not these like very flawed human stories that God has to pull everybody out, but this is what God in flesh, this is what the mighty one, this is what the Messiah really looks like going through all the things that your people have been going through for thousands of years. And I'm coming out on top. Wow. That is awesome. All in four or five verses. That is five verses, everybody. And there's even more that I can't share with you because we don't like, we don't want this to be a, an hour long podcast as well. But what I, what I want to encourage you is that there is so much more in your Bible than you ever realize. Yeah. If you start to just, and, and what I do is I just take little images. I go, okay, let me look at torn open or dove and i just do a little bible search and i start to see hey that was mentioned in isaiah that was mentioned in genesis that was mentioned in oh i guess there, there are references all over the place and it doesn't mean that the only way you can read your bible is to understand it through a jewish lens but we we um i went to see marty solomon last week and the way he described it really well um he said if you listen to a piece of music that's that's written for piano, you have two hands that you play. Uh, on the left hand, do you know anything about piano, Josh? I know it sounds pretty. It sounds nice. Yeah. In the left hand, you get, usually, do you know what's played in the left hand? The piano. Yes, the bass line. It's the low stuff. It's right. the, it, it's It's great, but you probably wouldn't necessarily recognize the whole song unless you really got it. Mm. The other side, the right hand, is the melody, usually. And that's the part that you recognize. But if you only play the right hand, it's going to feel a little empty. It's not going to be the whole thing. Right. And if you only play the left hand, you're going to be like, I'm not even sure what that is. Right. But when you play it together, it's gorgeous. Wow. It is a full piece. And that's the thing about us. If we don't get into the Jewish perspective, I'm not even going to say which hand is, is you know, the Jewish side and the non-Jewish side, but because I don't think that's important. The idea right. is if we put it together, then we get a fuller picture, a fuller piece of music, which can be our Bible and can be our faith if we let it breathe wow. and see more of God's character, God's story, and what our story is going to be too. Yeah. So we go from kind of a, a, a an introductory 
um, kind of learning piano student who's just trying to keep up with some notes to a, a, a Beethoven where it's all yeah. together and it's, it's exactly. This. And I, I think that we're, there's just, it, it's not that we're in, incomplete, although maybe we are, is that there's just so much more that we could be thinking and wrestling with. And so I think that's awesome. So I invite everybody out there, you know, start to think on those levels, start yeah. to look for what God is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, I think it's good for us to always go into the Bible feeling like um, we're incomplete, right? Because there is so much there that um, even in this time right here, I mean, there's so much that we're missing um, because it's God's word. And it's, I mean, it's incredible. It, it's funny. This reminds me of a little bit of like, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd as well, but you know, Star Wars. And I think we've all seen some of the new ones, right? But when you, when you go and see the new Star Wars movie, especially what is it? Episode seven it was the the first of this last trilogy but you i mean it's 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 literally like episode four i mean it's it's the same exact thing but you've got ray who's this new jedi who hopefully is going to kind of take down the what is it the republic or the the you know it's copy paste yeah it's the same story and it's full of easter eggs and if you watch you see that yeah and it's in and i feel like jesus is coming obviously you know jesus is like you know the sweetest jedi ever and you can enjoy it if you don't know any of those things, but you'll enjoy it even more if you do. Yeah. So I think that's it for today. Amen. Cool. Well, guys, this is uh, In the Margins. Uh, hope you enjoyed it today, and we look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week. Yeah, check us out, uh, www.nvca.academy. You're going to find more and more shows up there, not just in the margin, but other things, other conversations. And uh, hit us up, and uh, we will check you next time. See you guys. <laughs>